Melissa, I think I'm ready to record. I am glad to hear that. You've been out of commission a couple days. I did something very strenuous a week and a half ago. We both did, but you did more than I did. Yeah, and uh, I think I I paid for that in, in a lot of ways. Yeah, but you've been... Sick as a dog for the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah, it. it uh, I got knocked on my butt pretty good, and uh, I've mostly been uh, either off from work or working from home these last couple of days. But we have a podcast. Yes, and w- it's not actually scheduled podcast. No, so. it's not our job. We're not getting paid, <laughs> <laughs> so we can just do it whenever we want. I do feel a little bad when. Uh, we, we don't actually get our Monday release out because we've been so disciplined about this. We have for like almost 17 episodes. It was one that was a little late last time. Oh, that's a lot. One of those is a fakey episode. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but actually, most of the people I talk to who've listened to the podcast are not 100% caught up. So, Which is great. Yeah, I feel like we don't have to apologize too hard. Sorry to the hardcore people who are caught up and just tapping their fingers on a table constantly waiting for us to release an episode. It's funny, I actually just met a listener tonight. We were starting to record and I heard this beeping outside and there was all this construction going on in our neighborhood. There's a lot going on in our neighborhood right now with new buildings. And uh, I went outside and talked to, I saw our neighbor, Tony Soprano. He existed before the Tony Soprano you're thinking of. And a neighbor, Brian, who says, oh, are, are you Matt? Like, oh, yes. Uh, pleasure to meet you. He says, I listened to your podcast. Ah! I'm like, oh, wow. Uh, that's, <laughs> hi, that just happened. Um, but then while we were talking, he asked some questions that made me think, he hasn't quite gotten there yet. Like he's, it's okay. He'll, he'll, he'll get to those episodes and then he'll get to this and he's like, Oh God, they're talking about me. (laughs) (laughs) Hey Brian, thanks for listening. Yay. We love neighbor (laughs) listeners. That's cool. But we have to return to the second part of our conversation with the privy diggers, Tom and Michael. And before we begin that segment, I should mention that right before this interview, We invited Tom and Michael over to our building for some investigation work. Cast your mind back to episode five of the podcast where Rob Hunter and Michelle Erickson came over and at the end of their visit, we dropped casually into the conversation that there is a second privy in our building Mm -hmm. that construction uncovered that we didn't dig because it seemed like it ran a lot deeper than the other privy and we couldn't tell if there was anything in it. It was outside of the scope of anything that we would be handling on our own. Right. And we didn't know how cool the stuff in the first privy was for a long time. So we didn't think that it would be worth digging the second privy. We didn't really know uh, whether the cost-benefit analysis was tilted in favor of digging the privy. Mm Mm-hmm. So we let it be, and uh, when we mentioned that there was a second privy, Rob, of course, got very excited and said, is there any way that you can dig this privy? Now, Matt and I have been kind of poking idly at this privy in our first floor uh, for a while, and we decided that it was probably something that we couldn't handle on our own, just the two of us. So we invited Tom and Michael, who are much more experienced than us, to come over and investigate the privy for themselves and see what they thought and if they could help us. So I'm just giving you that little bit of context because at the top of this second half of the interview, we're going to have a really bawdy conversation about this investigation, which from what I can tell in my experience of privy diggers, 50% of all conversation goes along these lines. I mean... In that line of not work but hobby, you you have to like it's you have to have a good sense of humor yes. about everything when you are down a hole covered in shit. There's so much opportunity for wordplay and analogy. <laughs> it's it's wonderful. Uh, with that, let's kick it off. Take a seat. You're in the bog house.
have you ever heard of Mary Drinker? The Journal? Yeah, The Journal. It's one of the best ever documentation of an 18 or 17... Apparently like, her 80s. shit did not stink. Oh, it stunk, apparently. Uh, you see the... the <laughs> no, she, she says what? That, what? that they emptied her privy and the odor was not bad at all. She said it was she like 47 years worth of shit in her privy and the guys were working at night and taking... What were they? Taking lunch or something like and that. And it just yeah. smelled like cinnamon rolls and yeah, flowers. Yeah, it was yeah. yummy. Yeah. <laughs> That's astonishing. Yeah, that, it's gross. Well, mine comes out in cellophane packages, so I, I don't know if it smells or not. Yeah. <laughs> I was I was close to throwing up because at my house my, I have a septic system, and I, my neighbor was getting it pumped out, his pumped out, and I walked down and asked the guy. This is a modern privy anecdote. Yeah. So I walked down and I says, "Hey, can you come up and take a look at mine?" And he goes, and he sticks it, and he says, "Yeah, there's like about three feet of shit in there." And I go, "How big is the tank?" And he goes, "It's a thousand gallon tank." And I was like, "Oh my god, that's freaking disgusting." You know. <laughs> And, like, I, and I dig privies. You know, I get, I come on black. With yeah. Very different. It, 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 it. Sometimes it does stink. Okay, wait, stink. yeah, because you were okay. So this morning or this afternoon, you were talking about a dig you were on last week. At a, uh, at, yeah, last week. It's in a basin where a river used to be. So there's actually pilings where the houses were, and there was a fence that went through there that would keep the revolutionists on one side and the loyalists on the other. That's oh. where the fence went right through that area. Huh. When they dug that hole, you could see the fence post. Boom, 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 boom. Like oh my tree God, yeah. that's so cool. Yeah, it was very But it was all wet, so it's anaerobic. So the way that all the shit went down there and no oxygen got to it, so it broke down, but in a different way mm. and in a very smelly way. Uh, so it, do, just it nice. doesn't just usually when shit is in a privy, it becomes. I mean, it just feels to me like soil, like just exactly. Right well, like you, you have you have a little surprise for you coming in your privy and in your your bog house privy. <laughs> that one is going to be. You're going to get down to some nice uh, Philadelphia black cream cheese. Mm. They're, they're, they're pretty high up on that hill, though. I, I wonder if it's one of where the water table is. Well, we should be sixteen there? feet above. Above the water table? We, yeah. we probed her privy today. Uh, that sounds so euphemistic. I was watching. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it was a little weird. <laughs> yeah, yeah we, we have our own jargon. You're going to get lost probe. in it. <laughs> My friends in central Pennsylvania call me a cuck. I didn't realize. <laughs> yeah, it was weird. Mike put the tip in and the tip came out black. It was really, <laughs> it was really weird. Oh, my God. <laughs> this is so wrong. This is super wrong. <laughs> the train just jumped the tracks. <laughs> he's getting the perb in there and he's no. telling me about what feels natural and what doesn't. You know what? I gotta admit, while he was doing that, you kept saying, fuck me. <laughs> it was exciting to watch. Some, it's some dirty talk. Sorry, I mean, it's, it's what, real, it's, that happened. It's dirty talk. That's what it is. So He's sticking the probe in. So, <laughs> All right, enough so, of that. So last week, so this privy that you dug last week, the anaerobic poop becomes this sludge. It's yeah. sludge, yeah. And the nice thing about it is that it preserves artifacts. So like that leather buggy whip right there was in that kind of stuff. Or and the shoes. Just, we got shoes, shoes out of shoes. Shoes come out or brass will come out shiny. Like oh, it no has, way. doesn't wow. even oxidize. Eggshells, you'll yeah. see eggshells, peach pits, things like that come out whole. People have planted tomato seeds. Whoa. And they grow. Whoa. Yeah, yeah. So. that's one thing. When you dig down in those privies and they are wet, there'll be a seed layer floating on top, and that's all the seeds that the people ate and passed. <gasps> or or that the peach pits weren't passed out. <laughs> no. I hope that not. Was, yeah, it would be <laughs> Real that's tough to get down and tough <laughs> to get out. Yeah. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> Yeah, but, yeah. So, I've never passed a peach pit, but you know, I imagine it's kind of hard. So you can actually. We've talked about like, oh no, the poop doesn't stink, but we just got lucky with our first privy. You did yeah, because so, it does. It has a very distinctive smell. I mean, I've dug in New York City down to southern states of Charleston, South Carolina, and the poop and the cheesy stuff. It smells the same. It's got the same. <laughs> it's not as it's, offensive it's, as it's the like, fresh it's, stuff. It's, it's, it's got a, it's got a diesel smell to it. It's in like a, a metallic, mm, yeah, diesel. slightly diesel. It's slightly. Fecund like river bottom. Yeah, you, know, you see like where a bum took a shit earlier. It's horrible <laughs> to go near. But you know, you see the old shit and you dig through five feet of it. It's not as it's bad. Not that bad. But it's <laughs> still bad. It's not good. I mean, it's good, but it's not. Yeah, yeah. It's not. We are fucking insane. We're yeah. all fucking crazy. It is. Yeah. It is. It, that's what we discussed earlier. The yeah. insanity of a privy digger. Because you're able to sit here and talk about digging through feet of. I've dug through. 15 feet of solid shit straight down to the bottom and that's know? easy digging it's not yeah. bricks you're, you're like right, bricks, bricks, will make, suck, right? bricks will make you wish for shit yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. Yeah. Bricks are rough. Yeah, yeah. sure. No, yeah. I hate it. They slow you down big yeah. time. And you can't tell what's going to be underneath that or what. Yeah. Bricks are your enemy because when they were thrown in there, they're breaking up your beautiful artifacts mm-hmm. that you right. wish didn't happen. Because it seems like every time we do dig something good, it's broken and all the other garbage junk is. It's a rarity. Mostly it's a pretty safe occupation because of the structure of the privy. They're laid in and it's a three dimensional arch. So the more pressure on the outside of the arch, this mm-hmm. circle, the tighter those bricks get sure. in on each other, the more structure it has. So it's pretty safe. And there's ways to do it, and there's ways that are less good to do it. And we've developed a lot of safety protocol yeah, over the year. Uh, definitely. Over the years. We've had some, you know, some, never had anybody hurt, but, you know, we've had some close-ish calls. I was in Chinatown, and I broke through a false bottom on a privy. Yeah. yeah. What, so what's a false bottom on a privy? So we were, we were in a construction site. <laughs> we were digging, and Tom was out talking to somebody out on the street, and I'm in the pit digging. I'm probably about... 12 foot down in, in the construction pit. Oh, my God. And then down another five feet in this pit. And I'm throwing out stuff. And all of a sudden, I start hearing, it's starting to get dark. And I'm starting to hear this, like, What? I was weird. I couldn't see down the bottom of the hole very well. And I thought that a subway was going underneath me. And I was what? like, Tom, there's a subway or something's going on. And I, he was new at the time. And I was like, uh, new guy. Uh, yeah. You're not hearing anything down yeah. there. And, and, and I look between my legs, and there's a hole opening up, <gasps> and pieces are falling oh out my God. from underneath me, and right hitting, in front of my eyes, yeah. hitting the the water that's probably twelve feet below where I am. What the fuck? Yeah, maybe even more than that. It was probably more than that. It was yeah, like fifteen, it, I think. And it was so it was making this weird like twoosh, 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 right, splashing. Like, yeah, but in an echo chamber, right? right. And then yeah. as, as I just I spread my legs out and opened, like got on either side of the hole. Oh my god! And then crawled up and got out like a fucking spider. And then the bottom just went whoosh. Yeah, and it just went. Wait, why is there? A that happened to me once in the Legend of Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, why is that structure? So I've heard, and somebody who knows quite a bit about privies told me that they weren't allowed to be a certain deeper than a certain depth at a certain point. Okay. And that they put in those false bonds, which I find to be, that doesn't make sense. Because right. why wouldn't you just fill it in with dirt? Right, you're yeah. just faking it why out. Do you make like, it why, why do you put a, there's a wood floor. I think the wood floor was for drainage, is my, okay. my theory. That you wanted it to drain, so you were left with solids. Right. And then when you had your dipper come in. The he night would take soil out, man. The night soil man. He mm-hmm. would take out just the chunks, right. basically. And, that, and, and the stuff on top of that That's my theory. was in 18... 30s, 40s. Yeah, it was the stuff on top of yeah. that, that the wood. So in the 1840s, that's when they put that bottom in. Yeah, and I think I think it's original to the privy. Okay, that's it was, so fucking. I think weird. That's what a weird fucking construction. And the thing was, and then he, like, <laughs> like, is it just emptying into like a hole that goes below the water table? Like, yeah. is that what's happening? Yeah. So the water that it's splashing into is the water table. Yeah, yeah, wow. most likely. And who knows what that was at the time? And the water tables are lower now because there's better drainage. Now. Right, but you know. If he'd have fell into that hole, there was pipes like sticking out on the side. Oh, yeah. oh it my been god! Totally. That's the other thing is that your partner in a privy, yeah, is important because, like we said, we practice safety and all that stuff. But the dude above you and the dude below you, you're married in a way that you know if you don't trust that dude. And we've all dug with people. We were like, yeah, yeah you're no, like that dude's gonna kill us. Don't bring you know, him back. Yeah. Somebody's yeah. reckless. Yeah. yeah, you know when you're down there, twelve feet. 15, 20, 30 feet down, somebody kicks a brick in. It, <gasps> yeah, it happens. I've been, we wear hard hats, but man, when it even when it falls on the hard hat, oh, it's like yeah. slam. You right. see a bright or he's light. He's watching something that's over you and, and you know, he goes off and talks to somebody. And he, said, and he says, Come out now. You just, you, you come out. Yeah, yeah that, that's out. one of our rules. If you say you want out, you're out. I mean, yeah, you right. do everything. Or if the guy on top says, Come out, you listen. Yeah, you, you do listen. Do we don't, and we've, we've learned to trust each other's instincts on that. And that saves. I don't think we once we had saved a life, but I mean it's it's just one of those things. Somebody has a different perspective, you know. When, I'll tell you what: when you kick those bricks in, not you, but I mean I've had it happen to me before. It hurts. Yeah, a brick oh, dropping shit. two stories down, and hit never you anywhere. Oh my I'm god! A bu- I'm about a bucket full of dirt. Yeah, that happened. Oh. That'd kill you. Like if the if the brick five gallon bucket, well, the handle comes off. He's not watching the handle. Oh, yeah, it comes Jesus. off. Yeah, yeah. And one of my habits is I watch the bucket go up every single time. I watch it go up and clear. Because <laughs> you know, right. if that thing falls, it's going to compress my neck, and then yeah. I can't survive that. Or I'll be like, Hey guys, you got to think about it. <laughs> <laughs> See, and like part that of that Tom guy used to be smart. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> what happened? Part of me is like, oh yeah, that's like really scary. And then part of me 
I don't know, and maybe it's just my stupid self-rationalization of my hobby, but I'm like, you know, you take your fucking life. You, everybody else has your life in their hands when you go on the road, when you like drive a car, when yeah. you walk down right. the street. Right. It's like, you know, it's like. No, no, no. They, they, I'm not know? saying that there aren't worse risks worth taking. Right. But they should be thought about. Right. You got to mitigate. And every once in a while, you'll have an incident. They'll go, oh, yeah, that shit's real. Like right. something will happen. You'll be like, yeah, no, that's. But think dangerous. about think about that think right. about that yeah but we have all kinds of safety we were very we're very safety conscious and there's some stuff we just go not gonna dig it yeah we've we've called yeah, them walk, like walk like we can't do this right like, this is too unsafe it's not worth it it's just not worth it at the end of the day you want to go home yeah you just want to get home or get to that pizza or whatever we're gonna do yeah. for the night pate. yeah we have pate we we uh <laughs> We have we're getting old, so we want we want to live through these privy digs, you know. Yeah, they're actually quite punishing. I Me, mean, yeah, my body is like my joints hurt, and I didn't and, realize how much of a pain digging was until I dug. Yeah, and how much dirt like a little hole actually holds. And every time you go out a foot, you're more or less doubling the volume. Like mm-hmm. not, I know it's not exact. It but, seems exponential. Yeah, yeah. yeah. An, an eight foot wide privy is. Mm-mm. Huge. I mean, you're talking <laughs> yeah. tractor trailer loads of dirt, and some of those things are 20, 30 foot deep. And that's mm-hmm. a lot of dirt. That's a lot of work. And we we actually wear shovels out. I oh. wear them out to where they crack. I mean, yeah. we, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's amazing. You're like, wow, man, I did that to that shovel. Ooh. No, it's a, it's insane because you're digging that much where you actually could see the wear on the shovel that you've. Not, not, it's not as much anymore, but back in the day when I got them and I was digging in Baltimore, we'd go through shovels that were. Just wore out. But then that always makes me think of like when we were digging this privy in the first place. I kept thinking about like how the fuck they dig these things in the first which place. Which is harder because one, you're digging through virgin soil, which is not turned at all. So it didn't have bricks. They right. had that. But clay, I mean, you dig a, dig a hole in Pennsylvania clay. Pennsylvania clay or the gravel that's here mm-hmm. <laughs> that's never been touched. It's not easy. No. <laughs> and so you had to dig down and. I'm not really sure. I mean, I've heard theories about the way that they were constructed, too. Whether aliens? They, is it aliens? Well, yes. Yeah, yes. They had big <laughs> There's no other choice. Uh, aliens taught us to poop in holes. <laughs> 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 aliens and Baron von Steuben. <laughs> so there, there's some people who think that they shored them up as they went down. So you're digging this circular shaft. Mm-hmm. Huh. And as you're going down, you're digging underneath a board, a circular platform, essentially, that keeps the hole going straight down. And then you're laying more bricks underneath the bricks as you... But I don't really... That understand, doesn't like, make sense no, to me. No, it doesn't. Yeah, it doesn't Does the it. whole thing slide down with it? Right. right. I'm or, so... I, I'm really... So this is... This is this is, uh, this is where the archaeologist goes. Some, like, physical archaeologist has Somebody to Somebody knows go, this. Like, right. I'm going to dig a privy. And I'll be like, I'll watch. You know? Yeah, has anyone done this? I want because I do. I kind of want to see someone dig well, a privy with like original tools the way they. I know they use Irish a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Irish backhoes. Go dig my hole. Yeah. <laughs> Get the Irish. There's Irish backhoes. You know. Yeah, yeah. yeah Irish backhoe men. Yeah, because I was like, maybe you use like a giant Archimedean screw, but no. I'm like, no, they're <laughs> not doing that shit, right? No. Like nowadays, you could do that. Yeah, but yeah, and the, it's and the privies have me. different. Um, Brick layings too. Sometimes you'll see half bricks, broken bricks, a whole privy. All South Philly, uh, the privies are deeper. They run about thirty feet. Some of them, twenty-seven to thirty. That's three stories down. <laughs> like and imagine digging the hole that big. I know. But imagine the satisfaction of deucing and listening to that. Just like that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's got to be great. You yeah. Know? Those first few years, you I mean, don't get it, that anymore. The, no. turd, the turd would dry out like on the way down. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god, life goals. Yeah. <laughs> but can you imagine the satisfaction of dropping a marble down that into shit? That's why that's why that, that, that's sure. like, now that's that is one of the one of the one of our theories about why we always find marbles down or there. Or the is, cat. Is the, yeah, <laughs> exactly. Right. <laughs> it's the cat. satisfaction of I mean cuz like who yeah. doesn't spit off a bridge, right? Right. Right, yeah. right. Drop pennies off something. Yeah. Like, yeah, no wonder. We don't have any like cool high geological features cuz it's Pennsylvania. It's like But you can always push someone down a privy. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Drop your wedding ring down there because fuck that motherfucker. Yeah. That Who's going to look for that down <laughs> there? About this. Seen my wedding ring? Whatever happened to that old hooker? She's gone. Right, right, right. Yeah. Like the, the yep. lady down the well in our neighborhood in the in the property Or by the side how of many, you know, and, and this, is, this is, again, a reason that archaeologists do. This is because we come across bones all the time and we're like, 
that's a bone, hmm. you know. <laughs> but you know, an archaeologist would be like, yeah, that's a fetus. You yeah, know? and they 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 find sure babies because what are you gonna do? You you got we probably held babies. fetus bones in our hands and didn't know that they were. Yeah, I mean, shit. Like now, was, you hear stories you now about about right. teen pregnancies you, that happen. Do you, and do you watch? I didn't know I was pregnant. Oh no, I I've, oh, I know no. the concept. Yeah. Oh man, <laughs> I have a oh, real it's a guilty pleasure. I, no, I get it. And then and, and, and there's this misty-eyed scene where they reenact, and she's sitting on the toilet, and then the, <laughs> she hears a cry from the toilet. <laughs> I didn't know. I can't think of anything more surreal than you're going to go for a big, real painful shit, and then you hear it stop. Now you're a parent. Yeah. <laughs> now I got to put a diaper on this thing and send it to college. Yeah. <laughs> why, why am I laughing? Why yeah, right. That doesn't even happen to you. That's why. <laughs> Oh no, we're gonna cut that. So it's either all that. <laughs> I mean, I, I, or it ends I, I up witnessed in a, a lot of pregnancies, and I, there's nothing I wouldn't notice about it. Like, right. I, I, yeah, like how do you not know? How but, can that? I know, but, but apparently it happens a lot enough that they make a TV show. No, about I it. love. Yeah. I have a soft spot for those really trashy, trashy reality show programs. Yeah. like pretty much everything on, Ide- on Investigation Discovery Channel. Swamp People. Yeah, I've yeah. watched Swamp Shoot People. <laughs> and like all of the murder shows that are like really specific so it's like you know murders in a swamp murders yeah. you know murders on the third floor of a building yeah. like well, murders by a woman of a you oh, know yeah. yeah like it's better too when when peter thomas was narrating yeah, this isn't it great yeah. yeah the forensic yeah. oh man uh, it just makes it so more interesting when he yeah t- oh when he gets excited and you can hear him yeah, getting it's excited like, it's, and he's all breathy and like, yeah. reading into it like yeah 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 i i, I did I talk about this already in the show where I'm like, my favorite episode of Forensic Files is the one about Delilah's because it's right around the back oh, yeah. of our house. And oh, like, the, the, the nudie bar. Yeah. Yeah. There's a Delilah's yeah. episode where the guy, Summer. Um, he lost, <laughs> he lost his uh, job and he didn't want to tell his wife. So he just go to Delilah's every day instead of like, he pretend he's going to work and he'd go to Delilah's every day and he fell in love with a dancer. And then, uh, he, that's expensive. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So he was like losing all of his money and, and then he didn't know how to get out of it, so he like killed his wife. Oh <laughs> That's one way. What do you do? Well, I'll kill my wife. Like, <laughs> he was like, I'll just kill my wife, and like I don't know if he did it for the health, the life insurance, or whatever. But like obviously he got caught, and every time I, I'm just like, oh, Delilah's. I can see it from my back deck. <laughs> it's like right there. It's Peter. still right there. It's right it's there. It's still there. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh yeah. Delilah's is like I have to walk through their parking lot every time I come off the L. You see those broken spirits walking in. Yeah, you're... you know, I feel very safe because I'm like, I'm sure that parking lot has video cameras out the wazoo because, like, what a dodgy fucking place. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there's murderers going in there. Just constantly... A car exploded there, like, late last year. Like, a full-on explosion. Oh, we wow. heard the bang. Yeah. We heard a big bang, and we were like, what was that? And then the next day, it was like, someone blew up a car in the Delilah's parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder if there are any privies under that aspect. Yes, there are. There are. Oh my oh, god! Yes, there are. I, I, we'll, we'll talk. I'll show you some stuff. Have we, have we dug a privy full of strippers before? And uh, not full not of strippers. <laughs> We've I been observed by strippers. Strippers yeah. down a privy. Whoa! I'll tell you this. Uh, that joke aside, I just made. <laughs> there's times where you're digging in the worst neighborhood, and that's the best place to dig. But that sometimes flips into be the best neighborhood. Yeah. Sometimes you're digging in the worst area possible, but other times you're digging in the best area. Like, yeah. you know, of course, you know now this area is, what, five years ago? No, more than that. Probably 10 years ago. We're in horrible. Fishtown right Can- now. No, we're in Kensington. 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 We're still in Kensington. Yeah. Kensington in Philadelphia is a really interesting neighborhood because. <laughs> but uh, this is oldie. Kensington. Old Kensington. Oldie, oldie, yeah, with, the, oldie with an E on the end. The end. Uh, Kensington is the neighborhood that uh, Amsterdam and the Wire was kind of modeled after it was a neighborhood where at some point the police were like you know what if you keep all of the drugs in these couple of blocks we'll leave you alone and so all the drugs in philadelphia came to kensington and there are many pros and cons about why that happened but since that happened the area has started to experience this gentrification drift up you are more likely to be knocked out by a yoga mat in this neighborhood than mugged yeah yeah. but back in the day when i was digging here this is a scary place this was very scary this very street right here i can remember coming down here and going oh man that guy's looking i still live there yeah (laughs) you still here yeah (laughs) 
from this yeah, house. Cars on oh, fire. Show up. Uh, gunfire all the time. Yeah. Um, I like that the mockingbirds sound like um, car, alarms. car alarms around oh, here. Oh, yes. I heard a good one. We've got a mockingbird by us that sounds like the uh, strobe alarm. The fire. For, like a fire like. <laughs> 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 like I heard one doing that. I'm like, what? what? Oh, my God. Yeah, because of that stupid building near us that kept, kept going, going off, off for ages. <laughs> we broke into an abandoned house. Uh, and disabled the smoke alarm. Oh, and for, for all God. the neighbors came out and like were banging us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we were on a permission, and and they were like, "I go, what's up with that?" And they're like, "It's been going for months. I've tried to contact." I was like, "Oh fuck that! I'm from Detroit. I'll just break in." <laughs> we climbed into they the were window like, and thank you, thank you. Oh my God! So I'm going to do this backwards. So you grew up in Detroit? Yeah. Wow. So Detroit has this reputation. The American Sarajevo. <laughs> Oh my god! I wasn't going to say that, but it, it went through a dramatic slump, and apparently, it's coming back no, now. They always say that. They it's always not, say that, but you not. don't think it's there true. are more registered handguns than people in Detroit. Oh my god, that's really tragic. Yeah. And I didn't know anybody with a registered gun. Mm. Right, so yeah. they're all in the hands of yeah, sure. So there's, there's it's you could graze cattle downtown Detroit. It's wide open grassland. It it's just burned, been abandoned. It abandoned. It, I mean, the industry changed. The car manufacturers made a lot of mistakes about, you know, they're like, we're going to continue building Lincoln Continentals. Fuck these <laughs> Japanese pieces of shit. Mm-hmm. And, you know, they got burned. You know, and then they sent the jobs, you know, nationalization, you know, globalization happened. And, you know, the jobs went overseas and very to Canada. Yeah. <laughs> it's Canada. Don't get me started. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody from Detroit. Canada is the New Jersey of Detroit. Right. So, yeah, yeah. People, right. make, people make Canada jokes. We used to like, how many Canadians can you fit in a Volkswagen? Four. Because yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they follow the rules. It's very <laughs> we just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Okay. They're really nice, though. Yeah, really yeah nice. exactly. I, I, now that I'm old, I really like Canada. Like, I, 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 can't Canada take me? Please take me, take right. me in. I want to Please go. take us all away. Yeah. We're refugees. Yeah. But uh, at the time, it was very funny. It's not funny. So when did you leave Detroit? How I left Detroit in '85. I was 19, and I moved to Philadelphia. Uh, which, uh, well, no, first, first I moved to Seattle. I picked a place. At random. Okay. And I got kicked out of school, uh, art school. Wow. Yeah. Uh, two art schools. If I had a resume, it would be on it. Dude, uh, I know. That's like yeah. actually a fucking right, no, Anybody can get kicked out of one art school. I got kicked out of two. That's fucking great. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, well done. And, and then you moved to Philly. Which I, know, is... I moved to Seattle. Okay. But it was too clean. Like there were, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was just, there was hippies everywhere. Like people were drinking espresso out of pita bread and like playing hacky sack and it was horrible <laughs> again at this point i could handle it because i'm i'm old now but at the time i was like whoa that's so fucking weird sure. and so i moved to and so i said well i knew somebody in philadelphia so i moved so i, I got on the plane and i just came here and i actually lived on penn's campus in one of the high rises in her dorm room for I don't know a couple months or something, uh-huh. and then I moved into West Philly and it just sort of sunk into the slum. And we, you know, we lived at various lofts, you know, illegal lofts, and you know, built our own places and was in bands and na 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 na, and uh, you know, ended up owning property and benefiting from this ridiculous land grab that's Philadelphia now. Yeah, yeah. yeah so now I'm retired. Thank you so much for talking to us That's been today. Fun. You're it's very welcome. It's been chatting with you guys. Thank you. It's, yeah. It was great. I appreciate you guys having us. You're like yeah. two of our favorite people. And like, you know, it's so funny because I'm like this whole weird ass fucking pedophile magic theater buying adventure with the privies and everything has introduced like, yeah, the artifacts are cool. The history is cool. It's all very cool. But actually the coolest part is that we've gotten to meet all of these super amazing people that we would never have met otherwise. Like, we never Because we never get out of the house. Yeah, we right? right. It's like, come on. Although Philadelphia is very, very small. It is very small. And, you know, maybe we would have seen each other across an art gallery or something, but... Everyone like, you meet from now on will know us. <laughs> <laughs> or there's like, there's very small... Like, everybody's like... Oh yeah, those guys. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. We yeah. get that now. People are like, "Oh, the privy digging guys." I know what they're doing. Oh, not sure. not not because we're famous, just because Philadelphia is so small. It's yeah, like, yeah. it's really that's, small. That's it's my brother. True. 
That concludes our conversation with Tom and Michael. At least that conversation. At least Tom that. And Michael. Con- yes, because <laughs> I have a funny feeling that they are going to be on the show some more in the future. So if you enjoy hearing from them, and I hope you do, because I fucking love talking to them, <laughs> uh, stay tuned. They're going to be back because. I foresee some more interaction with them in our future. Melissa just volunteered you guys. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But we want to talk a little bit more about what we did a couple of weekends ago. Right. That is really the reason why we've been so exhausted. And I'm going to blame this activity for the reason why you got sick this week. (laughs) Yeah, I think that'll become apparent as we tell the story. So (laughs) I I mentioned at the top of the episode that there's a lot of new construction going on in our neighborhood. There's tons. There's like at least three, possibly four new buildings that are being constructed as we speak. Yeah, I mean, when we moved in, uh, or at least when we bought the building, there was a surprising amount of vacancy around Mm -hmm. here. And very recently, Philadelphia rejiggered their taxes and bumped up land value taxes in such a way that everybody who had vacant lots in this neighborhood decided that they needed to change that. Right. They had to develop them and, for the most part, decide to put up luxury apartments. We're going to be surrounded by luxury apartments very shortly. Which uh, I think we kind of knew was coming down the pike, but now it's it's come a lot faster than expected. But... This is actually pretty great because during the construction of something nearby, there was excavation for the foundations of the basements of one of these large buildings, Mm -hmm. and it uncovered some historical features. Mm -hmm. So what we're going to do right now is take you through the process of discovering and digging a privy <laughs> because this is what we did a couple of weekends ago along with Michael and Tom and Michael's son Lewis and uh, another privy digging friend so uh yeah so what was the first thing that happened Michael and Tom came over and uh, they brought probes that they've built. I think we've described probes before, but just in case people have forgotten, Mm -hmm. a probe is like a long, skinny piece of metal with a sort of bulbous arrowhead-looking tip at the bottom. And then at the top, there's a T-bar so that you can push it into the soil. You use that T-bar to push it down. So they bring those probes and uh, a couple of shovels into this excavation area. Tom had mentioned he's been studying maps of the historical layout of these lots. And they go looking for privies with these probes. So part of it is kind of guesswork from looking at the maps. Because usually on these maps, outhouses are not marked. Outhouses or bog houses, if you will, are not marked on the map. But if you see where the house is, you can kind of guess, look, it's not going to be too far away from the house and it's probably not going to be right next to the house, although it could be, but you can kind of guess where the privy might be or what range of area on the property the privy might be. Mm-hmm. That being said, Tom seems to be a magician. Yeah, you uh, were telling me that he, because you, you witnessed this, I was at rehearsal or something. Yeah, he walked into the lot and he, he walks over to an area and he goes, yeah, I, I think there's a privy here. Boom, and he hits it. And he uh, starts digging and the first one that he he hit, he digs just like a couple of shovelfuls and a penny from 1838 pops right out of the ground. It was like a Liberty Head coronet penny. Or something. It was an incredible shape. It was, you know, green from the, the patina from sitting in the dirt for as long as it has. But <laughs> he was like, I think there's something here. Doot, doot, doot. And there, a penny just pops out. And he's, oh, well, I think there's another one over here. Toot, toot, toot. Pops right in, hits a brick. There it is. Um, so the way that you do this probing is, uh, so privy dirt is looser than uh, what Michael called virgin ground. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if the probe goes in easy, you may have found a privy spot. But another thing that they do is drive the probe in at kind of a 45 to 60 degree angle. And if you are going through a soft section, but then you hit bricks, 
it may be that you've gone into the center of a privy and then you've hit the brick wall at the edge of the privy. Uh, and you can obviously tell when you've hit something hard. But when you pull the probe out, the little arrowhead at the bottom of the probe will be covered in brick dust. So you can confirm, ah, I've hit a brick. Right, as opposed to hitting a flagstone foundation, for right. example. Or just a rock yeah. that's buried under the ground. I mean, <laughs> right. it's like, it's so, it's almost, you're blind because you don't know what's under the ground. And that's why all the experience they have drives, like, the sensations that they have going through the dirt. Mm-hmm. It, it's really, really kind of neat to see. Yeah, I tried a little probing once before, and I have no fucking clue what I'm doing. <laughs> I'm like, well, nope. this feels like, the ground <laughs> I don't know and like this is definitely a skinny metal pole in dirt right and and whereas Michael and Tom you know they're pushing the probe in and they're like oh I can feel that there are artifacts there when they're going into a privy yeah you know, they're pushing a probe into the privy and they're like that's pottery and you can't help but think at first like well this is kind of bullshit right they're just like oh I found I found stuff right oh, sure buddy sure but nope. then no, they totally no, know what they're they, doing. They've been doing this for decades. I think nobody's just have. showing off and, and <laughs> pretending. Like this is very accurate. Yeah, this is no dowsing rod. So after figuring out where the privies were or were very very likely to be, they dig, and it's not uh, the full dig. It's sort of an exploratory dig. So they've got little shovels and they sort of pop in there and they try to find the edge of the privy, just to make sure that this is. In fact, not just uh, a lucky rock that they struck. So you dig out the edge, and then you start digging down and, and you know see what an comes edge up. Because you'll find the circle of bricks mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm. top of the privy, and that's sort of the exciting moment. And then you look between the bricks to see if there's mortar in between the bricks, because privies used unmortared bricks. If there's mortar between the bricks, it's far more likely to be a well. And you might be thinking, well, you said this stuff was exposed, right? Like, shouldn't you just see rings of bricks at any construction site? And the thing is, when folks are doing this with backhoes and they uncover things that look like they could maybe prevent construction, they will very often just cover that right back up. Um, I saw something that I thought maybe was a privy when they were doing construction earlier. And upon closer inspection, it was oil in the dirt. (laughs) Interesting. Uh, Because I saw them uncover it. The dirt was black. And I was like, oh, wow, we just talked about this. Like black dirt. That's it's got to be a privy. Yeah. Um, And I I saw them uncover it. And then I saw them push dirt over top of it. I'm like, oh, wow, that is totally intentional. Um, and uh, it it was intentional. Uh, it was not a privy. It was contaminated soil. Oh my! Well, um, we're not going to mention where this site is, but you know. Yeah. Uh, so it's the same with a privy. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure as they were scooping it up, they were seeing bricks and they're like, oh, well, let's just make sure nobody sees that. Right. Well, or they just think it's fill. And so they just, you know, flatten it out and don't worry about it too much. Sure. Um, anyway, after the exploratory dig, the privy diggers will usually decide to come back at a time and, and day when they have a full day to dig. Because you have no clue once you start digging mm-hmm. how far down it's going to go. And you have to do it all in one session. Because if you leave it exposed, it's a safety hazard. Someone could fall down a huge hole. There are a thousand ways it could go wrong. Yes. Or another privy digger could swoop in and uh, see the exposed hole. Yeah, you heard some of those antics. Right, that they're going to do the last five feet and find all of the goodies. So you really have to make sure that you could do it all in one day and get to the very bottom of the privy. Right. So they dug down a pretty significant amount um, for the first day and were already finding stuff stuff that was not too different from what we found and they were pretty excited about this excited enough that they said yeah let's come back so the next step is to fill that back in yeah once you've dug this huge hole then you fill it all back in and uh, come back with reinforcements. They brought their friend. Unfortunately, that weekend, Michael was out of town. He went back to Detroit to visit family. He was so 
upset by this <laughs> because he couldn't be at this dig that we were 90% sure was going to be a really fruitful and exciting mm-hmm. dig. But he left his son, Louis, as well, who was an amazing help, actually, took care of the sifting of the buckets of dirt that were coming out of the hole. But I'm getting ahead of myself. And it was Tom and his friend and you and me. That's right. So they come back over and they bring bigger shovels. Um, and lots of buckets. Lots of buckets. Uh, it wasn't enough buckets. Yeah, spoilers. Um <laughs> And it almost didn't happen, actually. The weather was on and off in terms of it had been raining, and you don't want to be doing a dig in a deep hole when it's raining. It also kind of sucked that it had rained a lot the day before this dig, because when dirt gets wet, it gets incredibly heavy. (laughs) So that hole that we had dug and then covered back up, the dirt that we had filled that hole with was now twice as heavy as it was when we put it in the hole because it was waterlogged. Right. Nonetheless, we knew there was more down there. Right. So we have to re-excavate all the dirt that we had filled in, Mm -hmm. uh, get down to where we were, and continue the process. And keep going with no real clue of exactly how deep this privy is going to go. They had used their probes... And they knew that it went down at least another five or six feet, Mm -hmm. but it was kind of difficult to say. And the other thing is you don't want to probe too much once you've gotten into layers that have a lot of artifacts in them because you could break something that was really cool with the probe. So you just want to do a couple of probes at the bottom of the privy. And when you said it could go six or more feet down, keep in mind we're already at least eight feet underground level. Because of the excavation of construction. Yes, we're essentially in the basement. Somebody's future basement. Somebody's, yeah. (laughs) Uh, And still digging. So, as we go down, we start uncovering wine bottles, Mm -hmm. pottery. Lots of broken pottery. Bits of slipware, Mm -hmm. um, china. Uh, We start to see oyster shells. There's different layers where you're starting to see ashes there was a lot of lime in this particular privy Mm -hmm. as well. We saw some chamber pot pieces come up. Yeah. And for us, it was super exciting, even at the level that we were sort of starting at, that we got back down to. Uh, And they're like, oh, this is nothing. This is just Phil. And I'm like, this seems like a lot. seems really cool. (laughs) You know, like, uh, (laughs) these folks who do this all the time, like, ah, this is nothing. And I'm like, don't, no, no, please. Please stop throwing out shirts that you think are worthless. (laughs) I want to keep them all. Keep all the shirts. I'm like a shirt hoarder. (laughs) Yeah. And while we're doing this, the weather does sort of come and go. And we make the decision that we're going to go in and get a tent. Right. We have a uh, a pop-up tent thing, the kind of thing that you use at flea markets, that Larry actually left in our construction site from back in the days when we didn't have any kind of roof or ceiling on the building so that the workers could still work on stuff. Yeah. (laughs) And uh, we knew we had it inside the building, so I ran and got it, and uh, we popped it up and discovered that a bunch of the struts inside it had rusted to shit, and it was really, (laughs) it was like, it's like that, you know, when you are stuck in a rainstorm and the only umbrella you have is one that you bought for $5 at a bodega in New York, like, 10 years ago, and you open it up, and it just is like the saddest, two of the arms are broken yeah the saddest most broken umbrella you've ever seen <laughs> so i ran back we got some like copper wire scraps from our own construction <laughs> uh lewis found some wood and we we managed to make it work sort of yeah so the way that we dig a big privy like this and this privy was probably what seven foot in diameter maybe probably about seven foot if not wider Mm -hmm. uh is maybe not wider sorry go (laughs) down sort of one half of the dirt Mm -hmm. we excavated it all down to about five six feet and then at this point we sort of went down one side of the dirt yeah um to see how far we could get And as we got down, probably another four feet, so keeping in mind, so now we're about 10 feet below the basement floor (laughs) of this building. So about 
15 to 18 feet below ground level, it starts to become apparent that we are in a privy use layer. What's a use layer? The use layer is where everything has actually collected. This is where the bulk of the material is, which again, in the feet coming down here, we're still pulling out what I feel is a lot of stuff, but right. I am not prepared. Right. So the use layer is from the age when people were actually pooping right there. Mm -hmm. So people poop and they throw their broken plates and whatever into the shitter. And then the fill layer sits on top of the use layer. So there's a very marked change from fill layer to use layer and an a privy this deep, the biggest indicator of that change is the kind of dirt because you start getting into dirt, which is definitely poop. Yeah, they, you know, talked about this a little bit in the conversation we had uh, where they said, oh, you, you don't even know. You think you've been in poo, but you, you haven't been in poo yet. Uh, he was right. Um, this was a new experience, uh, yeah. what we got into. This really creamy black substance. I didn't think it smelled it, that much. I mean, fast forwarding ahead, there was some that we had later that came up in an artifact that had a funk to it. <laughs> Okay. That was, yeah. <laughs> but in this layer is where you find the most whole artifacts, and the volume of artifacts is just ridiculous. So let me describe what it is. You're digging down, as I said, one half of the use layer. You basically get down on your knees or in a squat with a large bucket, like one of those, I don't know, what are you, 10 Like a gallon, Home Depot bucket. Right. And you use a shovel or when you get really excited like I do, you use your gloved hands to dig into the dirt like a wombat and throw <laughs> it into the bucket full of artifacts. So you're trying to... Every scoop of dirt that you pull out of the ground is riddled with pieces of pottery and glass and all kinds of sherds and shards. And you're trying to sort of put it into the bucket as gently but as quickly as you can because there's a lot. And you're trying not to get cut up at the same time. But you're also trying not to break anything as you put it into the bucket. Then when that bucket is full, you hand it up to the person who's standing on the upper half of the privy mm -hmm. and then they hand it up to the person who's standing on the surface of the ground in a large privy in a much deeper privy than I think this privy mm -hmm. you would set up a kind of a tripod with a what do you call it a pulley system mm -hmm. and a rope so that you could pull those buckets up with rope but we got away with not having to do that in this privy, thankfully. Yeah. Now, it wasn't just that you're finding scraps and bits. I was still digging at this point. I was down there. And as we got into this layer, we're scratching with like a, a handheld rake. And we come across a bottleneck. And I, I reach in and I can feel like there's the whole thing here, or mostly anyway. And you just sort of get to that point where you, you pull it out and a whole bottle comes out <laughs> and that's so cool when matt swapped out and i went down into the hole yeah. i in the first two minutes of me being down in the hole i pulled out two whole wine bottles from probably the late 1700s you can kind of date them approximately by their shape mm -hmm. and uh yeah the other privy digger who was in the hole with me was <laughs> was both excited and a little bit jealous and pissed off at my luck because he had been digging in that hole for probably a half an hour 45 minutes and had not pulled out a whole wine bottle and i just whoop oh look i found one. Oh my god here's another one. Oh wow look at all this stuff which is really <laughs> funny because you know as we were making small talk and, and just talking about how he got into this he's like i'm not really into bottles you know that's that's not really what i'm in here for he loved the bottles that I we mean, pulled out they were pretty cool bottles they were special bottles i know the two that i pulled out like one after another are a shape that and i'm you know a very well researched bottle person <laughs> Uh, we're not really, we're not. No. Um, <laughs> I'd never seen 
Right. This this shape. It looked like the old ones that we had, but squashed. Right. It like, had been blown into a mold so that the sides were flat. One of them was. The other one was m- like that, but didn't seem as moldy. Um, <laughs> mold-like. Mm, mold-like. Uh, and, yeah, it's it's really... A lot of people who get into this for bottle collecting are looking at uh, particular types of bottles. And most people don't really see the kind of stuff that we're pulling out here. Right. We're in a really early for America privy. Yeah. I have to say, though, I started laughing halfway through because all of the privy diggers who were on the site with us were praising this privy as one of the best privies that they had dug in their career. You know, the guy I was in the hole with was like, I've dug three, four hundred privies in my life and this is in the top 2025 privies. Like, this is an amazing hole of artifacts. And I'm there thinking, I've dug two privies (laughs) and they were both really good. I have a 100% success rate. Everyone should take privies because every single time I've dug a privy all the way to the bottom, it's been fucking bonanza of (laughs) artifacts. Like, they're all stuffed full of artifacts and they're all assuring us, this is not normal. When you dig privies, you come across empty privies all the fucking time. Yeah, you could dig down this deep, get right down to the bottom and find nothing. Mm -hmm. And you still have to do all the work to fill it back in. Right, because you are responsible and not a horrible person. So So this continues. um, Oh, I should say, (laughs) at 6 p.m., I had to stop digging and everybody had a good chuckle over this. I was like, I have to stop and go change my clothes and have a shower because I'm going to the opera. (laughs) (laughs) So literally in the same day, I've gone from being, you know, up to my elbows in black Philadelphia cream cheese poop (laughs) from the 1700s to putting on some fancy clothes and sitting in the front row at the Philadelphia Opera and the Academy of Music. <laughs> really going from like where the lowest class jobs were <laughs> right. in the 18th century to like high society. Right, right. And, and I mean, the other privy diggers are looking at me like, I remember one of them asked, do you actually enjoy opera? And I'm like, <laughs> I'm sorry. You're covered in shit right now. Do you actually enjoy digging privies? Like, <laughs> I mean, some of your answer was we've we've been to operas where we we actually have folks who do come from working class backgrounds mm-hmm. who have tried the opera and realized that this is this incredible experience. Oh, for sure. Like you can get you can get a decent deal on tickets, and it's like seeing a movie performed live by incredible musicians no yeah i mean i fucking love opera i mean it's what i do so you know whatever but (laughs) the answer is yes i do love opera yes the answer is yes (laughs) i do love opera and like do you realize how ridiculous it is for you to question my pastime (laughs) so the long and the short of it is i went to the opera and you continued i dropped back in there and even as excited as everyone was over what we were pulling out the density was becoming overwhelming. We were racing against the clock here. It was getting dark. It's getting dark, and a cold front was blowing through. The rain that had been just sort of spitting at us was now coming down pretty consistently. And that tent, how was that holding up? Mm, It started to fall apart, and then when I ran out to get more buckets, because we had a bucket lag... The we buckets were, were full so, by this point, right? Like, so many of the buckets were just full of artifacts and then couldn't be put to use in the privy. I remember seeing seven buckets full of artifacts waiting to be sifted. Um, and we had one free bucket. And I was like, all right, guys, I'm going to go and see what we can scrounge up. Uh, when I came back, the tent had been lifted up by the air. Oh, no. Blown off and completely collapsed. <laughs> And so now... Sorry, Larry, you're not getting your tent back. (laughs) You you didn't want it back. It's it's been sitting there two years. It rusted away. It was probably rusty when you put it in there. Um, Now, we're getting close to the bottom. 
but we're not nearly fully excavated. It's getting dark. The rain is coming down. I should. Oh, sorry. I should mention one little process thing, Mm -hmm. which is that once you get to the bottom in one half of the privy or you get down so far that it's unsafe, you turn around and the uh, the other half of the privy that you didn't excavate comes into the buckets very quickly and easily because you can kind of just scoop it into the buckets and pull it up. It's sort of hard to describe in audio format the engineering of privy digging, you know what I mean? Yeah, it's <laughs> funnily enough, it's a little bit like how you would dig a privy as an archaeologist. Uh, you tend to divide them in half so mm-hmm. you can see the the stratification and, and see the different layers and, and take measurements. Given the time constraints that we have in terms of what we're working on here, uh, we just cut it in half and then start pulling the other half down right. as we go. And we're doing this, we're, we're going fast, we're still running out of buckets. Tom goes and he gets more buckets out of his car and we're just working and working and it's raining and it's really become quite miserable. At this point, I am soaked to the bone. I'm in a hoodie because I couldn't find my raincoat, and I probably didn't want to bring my raincoat into this environment. I am covered head to toe in dirt, and the temperature keeps dropping. We finally get to the bottom. We clear it all out. From what I understand, at this point, you were running so low on buckets that you actually repurposed the crate I built for our uh, stained glass window that I had shipped from Colorado and were pouring (laughs) buckets of artifacts into this crate so you could take the empty buckets back to the privy, right? I saw the time constraints and just did a little math in my head and I was like, we we have to wrap this up. Like, (laughs) and I don't know how to do this. But then I thought, all right, we've got this empty first floor. We have something in there. We must have something. So I told him, guys, I'm going to start hauling these back. And yeah, I I looked around and the first thing I saw was this big old crate and very carefully would just transfer from a bucket into a crate. So my hand is on the end of the bucket and it's like very softly dropping this into the crate to make sure that all this broken stuff doesn't get more broken. (laughs) And I am exhausted I have been digging, I've been lifting buckets, I've been carrying buckets. But as we do wrap up, as we bring the last bucket in, there's more. Yes, we've finished a phase of the process. We're not finished the privy dig because we have to fill it back up. Right. As we said, responsible privy diggers always leave the site as you found it or as close to as you found it as you can. So now we're in a muddy construction site. Oh, God. And we're throwing bricks in there. We're shoveling dirt in. But there was so much in here that we had a volume displacement issue. The dirt that we dug out was not enough to fill it back in. Oh, God. What'd you do? We had to take dirt from elsewhere in the lot to make up for the difference. And I say dirt. It was mud. It was sticky mud at this point. So on top of just being completely physically exhausted my old Corcoran 2 jumper boots that uh, I'd been wearing for construction finally gave up the ghost those boots were old they they were old I didn't keep up with them you know you can maintain those boots after beating them up and they do okay but I was not (laughs) and walking in the mud I felt this like terrible feeling and it was the heel of my boot Not coming completely free, but just like ripping and flopping. Right, right. So now I'm, this is, and this was actually while I was still hauling buckets back too. So I'm walking out this like mud ramp up into the sidewalk and just like, just walking back. But yeah, back to filling all this up and everything is, it's not dirt, it's mud. Oh, it was so awful. <laughs> you really couldn't move for like two or three days after that dig. I remember you were just a creaky old man for two or three days. Even the fellow who's helping out, he can go all day long, he says. He's doing, a farmer. 
Like, so he's yeah. used to physical labor. Yeah. He was tired. Yeah. Like, I was pulling my weight as much as I could before I had to go to the opera, but I didn't do anywhere near as much of the physical labor as you guys did because, and then, because I was missing for that whole end session. Yeah. So we fill it all in. We do our best to level it out. We drag the remnants of the tent up this, like, mud ramp. Thankfully, the way the garbage works in our neighborhood, because it's still not quite a real neighborhood, like, they don't pick up in front of our house. Everybody drags it to the corner. Mm -hmm. For those of you who are not in uh, an urban environment in in the, the center of a city, you don't enjoy some of the benefits we have where you can just leave trash, all kinds of trash, in the trash pile right. and the city the city will take care of it it just takes it they'll take it because it's better than just leaving the trash there to rot yeah so yeah so this, <laughs> so this whole where... thing like came undone it, instead of being this uh, nicely contracting structure it all drew out into like this 20 foot long tangle of metal sure, exactly like an enormous umbrella that has <laughs> yeah, fallen to pieces yeah. when you try to close one of those bodega umbrellas that has fallen to pieces it just does not work yeah <laughs> um and then we had to bring all the shovels out all the tools the sifter bring all that out and then everybody else leaves i just stand in the doorway for a little bit i actually at this point i dumped my hoodie at the entryway of our stairway it's all tile it's made for weather i just dropped my hoodie there because it was heavy (laughs) wet and muddy i left my boots there uh we eventually threw those out i think the next day walked upstairs i took my pants off and i just put them outside Oh, I remember. I found them there when I came home. Yeah. (laughs) It was raining so hard, and they were so dirty. I was like, these can't go in the wash as is. I had one of those amazing showers that you have after... Very hard physical labor. ...completely draining yourself of all energy. And I have a feeling that this is the reason why you got sick this week. What are you talking about? just my suspicion, you know, (laughs) maybe I'm wrong. Might have something to do with it. Maybe. What happened to all of those artifacts? We will reveal more in a future episode. (laughs) But I just wanted to have us take you through the process of digging a privy so that you too know what it's like. It sounds really horrible, but I guarantee that there are some people listening to this who are like, fuck yeah, I want to do that. Because I would be. I would be like, fuck yeah, that sounds amazing. I want to do that. And let me tell you, it is kind of amazing. Like when you are seeing all of these artifacts come through and every now and again, you'll pluck one out of the dirt, you know, as you're shoveling things into a bucket because something catches your eye Mm -hmm. and you'll wipe your gloved hand over it and look and it's something so cool and remarkable one of my favorite things that came out of this privy was a plate shirt it's not the whole plate but it's about a third of the plate and in the glaze of the plate is clearly scratched like while the glaze was still wet the figure of a peacock yeah. I thought it was a pigeon at first, but I think it has a little crest, so it's a peacock. And uh, I got so excited because a lot of these slipware plates just have abstract designs, but here was something that was figural. Yeah, even as somebody who does not have a background in this stuff, or did not have a background in this stuff, you just know the special things. Right. I remember when we pulled out what ended up being Bonin and Morris stuff. At the time couldn't tell you the first thing i didn't know what was delft what was soft paste porcelain but i pulled it out wiped off the mud and immediately took a picture i was like this is cool you're talking about the little chinese caricature racist saucer guy that and <laughs> even the one that was the philosopher stone sure with the p with the what well, we didn't know it was a p but with the little glyph on the bottom mm-hmm. because it had a maker's mark and nothing else that we had pulled out of our privy right. had a maker's mark you can scroll back in my instagram and see where i took a picture of one of those before i knew what it was i was just like this is one of my favorite things that came out of the privy right and i think <laughs> we had like 20 of my favorite things that I saw come up through this. It's overwhelming. It and was a lot. It can't is. wait to share more with yeah. you. We will share more as the weeks go by. But part of the process is 
we first are going to share with the folks who dug the privy. Right. So the privy digger etiquette, so to speak, is that at the end of the dig, eventually takes a little while, everything gets washed and sorted, and then all of the privy diggers who worked on the dig gather and divvy up the finds from the dig. So if there's something that one privy digger is particularly interested in, like bottles of a certain shape or slipware from a certain period, they can get dibs on that stuff. And uh, it's usually done in a really friendly kind of way. And if more than one person really wants an artifact, sometimes they sort of figure out what that artifact is worth and one of them can buy out the other one. So sometimes money gets exchanged. Sometimes there's some swapping that goes on. It's like kind of a fun process. And this will be the first time that we're doing this process because it's the first time we've shared a dig like this with other privy diggers. Yeah. And I've actually introduced a step into the process before that. Uh, I told them before any of that happens, we're documenting this. We're going to set up a little light box. We're going to do photography with a little ruler next to it do like we did with our own things Mm -hmm. although i think honestly we'll probably keep a lot of it because a lot of it is to them junk yeah like if it's just three quarters of a chamber pot they don't care about that whereas i fucking love that stuff (laughs) i'm so fucking weird i love the stuff that's worth fucking nothing i don't know what's wrong with me like one of my favorite things out of this privy is uh, a pig jaw, the bottom jaw from a pig, because it has the tusk that comes up. It's and pretty you can, gnarly. You can pull the tusk in and out, like you can see how the tusk grows into the jaw. And I was like, "That one's mine." And they're all looking at me like, "Sure, kid, <laughs> take your pig jaw. <laughs> like, that, that's yours. Good job." <laughs> but yeah, I wanted to make sure that you know, as much as we are going in and, and disturbing all this stuff that the information that we can derive from it will be documented. It's not the same thing as going in and and measuring where things are, but it's also not the same thing as scooping this up, putting it in a dump truck and never seeing it again. Right. Which a few days after we were in there, they came in with the backhoe and they actually excavated further and you can you can see where the privy was right because they, the fill dirt is different so right and all of the dirt that was excavated just literally went into a dump truck and was carted away to a dump so, so i feel like we saved stuff we totally did if we didn't dig this privy all of this stuff would have been lost forever and destroyed so yay yay yeah yay us yay archaeology anyway The next episode of The Bog House is going to be recorded on Sunday the 26th of May 2019, in case this podcast gets listened to in future years. And it's going to be a question and answer episode. So, you have until Saturday the 25th of May to get your questions to us via email, boghouseatthehanna.org. We've gotten a bunch of questions so far, uh, but we would love to hear more. We read all of your emails, so please feel free to send us a message. I'm Matt Dunphy. And I'm Melissa Dunphy. And you've been listening to The Bog House. You can find out more about our show at boghouse.thehanna.org. The Bog House is recorded at the Hannah Callow Hill stage in Philadelphia. Our theme music is by Up Your Cherry. Subscribe to us on iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. And don't forget to rate and review if you like what you hear.